Well, good morning, friends. Good to be here with you today in person and online. It's great to, uh, to be able to uh, share with you as we begin, as Greg mentioned, a three-message series titled The Invitation. The invitations are something we're, we're all familiar with. We receive them all the time. They may come in the form of a, uh, an invitation to take part in a, a low-interest credit card in the mail. Or how about an invitation to take part in a special sale coming from a store online or in person? Now, I don't know if this happened to you, but I've noticed an, uptake, an uptick in the number of webinars and other training opportunities in the past six months. And if I responded positively to every one of these invitations I received, I'd be sitting in a webinar at least one time a day. That's how many I've, I've had. Now, invitations, I believe, come in two forms. They come personal, and they come impersonal. Uh, one of the messages we use at Ignite Church Planting to get the word out about a new church takes, uh, takes the form of a postcard. Kind of interesting, you receive these in the mail. A Westward used postcard, something like this, very effectively 23-plus years ago to start this church here. Now, what I do, I encourage our church planters to pray over these cards before they go to the post office for delivery. Because God knows which households are going to be responding to these positively. And for those households, these impersonal invitations become very personal indeed as their lives change forever through a new church. Others, well, it's simply junk mail to be discarded, right? Impersonal invitations don't seem to have much appeal or impact. They're easy to ignore. However, when we receive a personalized invite to a birthday party or a wedding or a special occasion for someone we love and value, well, those are the invitations we respond to positively. We accept and we show up. Now, when it's all said and done, whether an invitation is personal or impersonal, every time we receive one, it presents us with an option, the option of whether to accept or reject the invitation. The invitation we're going to look at today comes from Jesus himself. It's personalized for any of us who've encountered this challenge that Jesus mentions in this invitation. Here's what he says. Come to me, all you who are burdened and weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. The invitation, very simply, today is to find rest. It really doesn't matter uh, what we focus on, doesn't it? <laughs> all right. Jesus says, here's the whole verse, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and, I, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy, my burden is light. Now, this is one of Jesus' well-known sayings in the Bible. It issues a very clear invitation. Now, I want you to notice who the invitation goes out to. He says, for all you who are weary and burdened. Now, all seems to be a pretty inclusive term, doesn't it? Now, I think weary and burdened, <laughs> that is a descriptors that all of us can identify, identify at some point in time, and most of us can identify at this point in time in particular. Now, I don't know about you, but I'll tell you what, I've encountered a number of people who are feeling weary and burdened after eight months of pandemic let alone all the social unrest, the divisive political season we've just come through. There are a lot of tired people out there. I encountered a guy just the other day in a parking lot of a store I was going into who was standing motionless beside his vehicle. And he was on the passenger side, and he's the driver. And uh, I nodded to him and said, so, how you doing? 
His response, man, I am tired. He said, it's my day off today, and I'm more tired today than when I work. Hmm, weary and burdened. I met a pastor friend a couple weeks ago who told me he's at the end of his rope. He feels like he's all alone. No one else cares about him. And his tank is running dry, weary and burdened. I read in our newspaper on Monday an article by a healthcare worker that was entitled, We Feel Trapped. It detailed the fatigue, the both emotional and physical, that workers are feeling at this point in time because of what they've been going through. And it ended with this statement, fatigue caused by the restrictions and hardships of COVID-19 are such a concern that experts are warning Chicagoans to be on guard for a grim winter. I'm sure all of you are thinking, man, I am glad I got up for church today, right? (laughs) This is is good news. Now, if you're online, don't turn us off yet, okay? Because we're going to get to something better in a minute. I'll tell you what, this invitation that Jesus offers is for anyone who's felt the symptoms of fatigue and weight. And unsurprisingly, I think we can all identify with this reality, especially right now. So, I brought my hunting backpack with me today. Okay. Now, uh, we, when, we, when you're feeling empty, guys, here's the important thing. You need to go and do things that fill you up. Next weekend, I'm going to be out in the timber hunting all weekend long. And this is what I take out with me in the field when I go. Now, there's one problem with this backpack. You know what it is? It's heavy. Because when I go out on Friday, I take everything I need to be- spend the whole day out there. So I've got water in here. I've got coffee in here. I've got food in here. I've got extra clothes in here. I usually take a pistol with me in here. I've got knives, ammo, binoculars. I've got everything I need to stay out a whole day. And the problem is, it weighs between 25 and 30 pounds when I get it all on, okay? Now, that may not seem like much. However, when you have a half-mile hike to the stand it tends to get a little heavy. And there have been multiple times when I've complained about the weight of my backpack. And that's kind of ludicrous, isn't it? Because you know who packs my backpack? I pack my backpack, okay? I'm the problem here. (laughs) Yeah, in more ways than one. I'm the problem here, okay? And by the way, I start off with this, like this, now, uh, usually by, uh, by Sunday morning when I'm going out to the timber, uh, this is what I'm holding, okay? That just straps around my waist. It's a whole lot lighter, especially when you're climbing up into a tree stand. See, here's the problem, guys. The circumstances of life introduce weight. And if we allow that weight to stay on our backs unchecked, it leads to soul weary. And this is exactly what I heard from my buddy the other day. He said, I'm just done. And I told him, it doesn't need to be this way. It doesn't need to. So what do we do? Okay. Listen to Jesus' invitation. He says, come to me. Now, what do you you see when you hear these words? This is what I see. I see a parent with a child who's hurting. I see a friend opening the door for a welcome guest at his home. I see Jesus, knowing our circumstance, saying, here I am. Come. 
Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. Now, if you spend time looking at the life of Jesus in the first four books of the, of the New Testament, you've seen the effect that Jesus had on people. You know what the effect looked like? Let me, let me show you what it looked like. It looked like this. Right? Jesus drew people to him. Over and over. And the people who were drawn to Jesus told other people who told other people who told other people, right? He was magnetic. He drew them. He pulled them. He, he was attractive. See, Jesus loved people. He valued people. He listened to people. He accepted people. And he changed people as he spent time with them. Well, let me tell you a couple stories from, uh, from Jesus as he, as he interacted with people. Uh, how about the father whose son was sick to the point of dying? This is in John 4. The father begged Jesus to come and heal his son. And Jesus said, go, return home, your son will be healed. Uh, the father lived about 15 miles away from where Jesus encountered him. And I love what the Bible says. The Bible says, the man took Jesus at his word and he went home. And the boy was healed. At the very hour Jesus made this promise, the boy was healed. The father and the whole family believed in Jesus. The burden he brought to Jesus was lifted as he trusted him. Then there's a lady in, in Luke 7 who lived a very sinful life and had a reputation that everyone in town knew about. She was an outcast. She came to the house where Jesus had been invited. She knelt behind him and began weeping. And as she wept, her tears covered his feet. So she unbound her hair, which a, which a good woman never did in public. She unbound her hair, wiped them dry, wiped Jesus' feet dry before pouring perfume on them. And the man whose house the party was at was a Pharisee, a leader of the Jewish party. And his thought was, if this man was really a prophet, he would know what kind of lady this is who's touching him. Jesus told the Pharisee a story to make a point and then addressed the woman with these words. Here's what he said. Your sins are forgiven. Burden lifted. And to add to that statement, when the people who were shocked by this pronounces, Jesus followed up with, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Is it any wonder that people were attracted to Jesus? When he had this kind of treatment for them, especially when they look at the way they were treated by the religious leaders of the day. There's so many stories of Jesus lifting the burdens from people. Those trapped in sin, those dealing with health con concerns, those overwhelmed with their past failures or shame. Jesus offered a release of burdens if people would just accept his invitation. Come. You're reading through the stories of Jesus. We see the way he extended his hands to those that many in society have said were of little account or not worthy of any attention at all. He was always willing to engage in conversation, to ask a question, to tell a story. People love being around Jesus because he was genuinely interested in them. And friends, I want you to know, nothing has changed. In a world filled with those who are experiencing weariness and weight, Jesus says, come to me. I'm here. I will help. You see, he makes a promise then. Not only does it say we can come to him, he says, I will give you rest. Now, let's go back to this for a minute. So I pack this about a, mile, about a half a mile as I go to my stand. 
And I climbed 17 feet up in the air with this. And I'm leaning backward because it's pulled, my weight is pulling me down toward the ground. When I get up there on the stand, you know what I do? I take this off and lay it down. And I relax. Jesus says we can have rest. The burden can be lifted, and I will help you. So I have a picture of a yoke here. Okay, kind of interesting. Now, at first glance, if Jesus promises rest, this thing here certainly looks like work to me, right? But I want you to notice there are two spaces in the yoke. Listen again to what Jesus says. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Jesus saying it's his yoke. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. See, I hear these words, and I realize I do have a choice here. I can bear the burden on my own if I want to. I don't have to introduce Jesus into my yoke at all. Or I can take his yoke and find a totally different perspective. When I choose to do it on my own, this choice leads to weariness and fatigue. And I don't know if you've heard this in the voices of people you know, but I certainly have. Because if you follow that trail all the way down, it leads to hopelessness. See, the other choice, come to Jesus, let him take the lead so you can pull in tandem with him. And when he comes into the, in the, into the yoke, he steps into the lead role. I no longer have to do the heavy lifting. I don't have to struggle on my own. Partnered with Jesus, his strength, his knowledge of the road ahead allows the burden to lighten and it gets easier. Rest is something we all need. I have a picture here of a new addition to our family. You need something? Porter Dennis Hurley was born a little more than three weeks ago. He's uh, before we, he'll be a month old on Tuesday. My son and daughter-in-law are now learning what it means to go without rest. Okay, as this little guy has his days and nights all mixed up, all right? He sleeps great during the day, but not so much at nighttime. I'll call Luke and say, so how, how do you go? I say, well, not so good. Anyway, and as grandparents, you know what our reaction is? We chuckle. We chuckle. Anyone who's had children, you know we've gone through the same thing they're going through right now, right? We also tell them, this stage will soon pass, and he will sleep, and once again you'll be able to get rest. Am I right, parents? That's the way it works. Hey, rest is something we all need, especially during times when we feel the burdens of life pressing down on us. Guys, we can struggle with the weight all we want to on our own. My question is, why? why? Why would we do that when Jesus offers rest? He offers to take the burden and share it. He carries us, so we don't have to carry it on our own. I was reminded of the importance of rest reading a newspaper article about a restaurant in our, in our area where I live uh, just this past week, Mancino's Grinders decided they were going to close up on Sundays to allow their employees a day of rest. Now, Sunday is normally a very lucrative day for the business. It's a restaurant, but the owner's a follower of Jesus. And uh, this is what he had to say about his decision. It ran under the, uh, the headline of an act of faith. Here's what he said. This is the time we need our family, our friends, and our faith more than ever. This provides time for my wife and I, along with our employees, to use this day for rest 
and to be around people who are important to us. And then in a side note, he said this. He said, I would be lying to say I wasn't nervous about this. But he said, I've been assured it's going to be okay. He was assured about this because of his relationship with Jesus. And he trusts Jesus to carry him as he rests. The invitation is issued to all of us. Come to me, all you who are, you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Anyone here need rest? I think we all fall into this category at times, and maybe more so at this point in time. So the question is, what are we going to do with the invitation? If I, if I want rest, here's what I think we need to do. First of all, we need to come to Jesus. It all begins with us taking a step toward him. And we can focus on all the challenges around us. We can try to carry the weight all on our own. Or we can choose to come to Jesus and ask him to help us. And it's just as simple, I think, as saying, Jesus, please help me. Bring the burden to him and just ask him to help. The promise is rest because when we come to him, we have relationship with him. And he helps us. It does not mean the uncertainty around us magically disappears. It doesn't mean that everything gets better. It doesn't even mean the pandemic ends, okay? But it does mean we don't have to handle it on our own. Jesus promises to step into the yoke beside us and pull. And I see two things about the invitation, friends. First is for those who have not chosen yet to follow Jesus. You may be wondering, can he really do what he says he can do? Well, my, my question is, what do you have to lose by trying, by coming to him and just asking him to help? See, if you're tired of carrying the burden of your past, your fear of the present and future, hey, talk to Jesus and ask him if you can come to him. Now, here's what I know about Jesus. There, there is no magical checklist we have to fulfill before we come to him. This invitation... To all you who are weary and burdened means it's for everyone who feels weary and burdened. If you have questions about this, you can talk to me after church. You can talk to to Darren, to to Greg. You you can talk to anybody you trust who followed Jesus. This is the initial word, the initial come, the initial invitation to Jesus. Please come to me, he says. There's a second invitation, though, I think, for those of us who follow Jesus already. See, I think there's a daily need to come back to Jesus and ask him to help us? There are so many times that I choose to live life on my own, choose to carry the weight of everything going on around me on my own. And I recognize when I evaluate what's going on, how needlessly I struggle on things I don't need to struggle with. I don't have this all figured out, guys. But I told my wife the other day, I wish more followers understood the value of spending time with Jesus with this. As I, was, as I was reading the other day. So here's what I want you to do. When, when we spend time with Jesus, he strengthens us. He prepares us. He helps us. So I'd, I'd like to ask you here and online to, to take time to be with Jesus this next week. Read or listen to the Bible. It doesn't matter how you get it in. Just, just get it into us. Because when Jesus comes into us through his word... It strengthens us, it prepares us, and he will show us what we need to get through the day. Now, the final thing I want to ask you to do is to realize 
the difference we can make. We're going to turn the lights off for just a minute here. Hey, guys, when, when it gets dark, and, and I think we'll agree that we're living in kind of dark times right now. And people don't feel the hope we should be feeling. Now, here's what we need to do. When we're feeling empty, we need to do the things that fill us. Okay, so I'm going to encourage you to do something this next week that fills you with joy. I don't know what it is. For me, I'm going to go out and hunt. I like spending time out in the, out in the timber. Whatever it may be, spend some time this week. Do something that fills you up. Because when we're filled with joy, we can become lighter. Right, here's something else, okay? When it comes to rest, take a nap. Okay, I was told by a friend of mine one time, sometimes there's nothing more spiritual we can do than just lay down and take a nap. I'm going to take a nap this afternoon, okay? I'll be honest. I'm going to do some resting. When we are rested because of our relationship with Jesus, we shine. Isn't it amazing the difference one light can make? The darker it gets, the brighter a light shines. I believe that now, now is our time to shine. And we don't shine because of anything we do. We shine because we're rested in relationship with Jesus. So my encouragement to you, rest. Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. I will give you rest. Lean into that promise. Take him at his promise and, and just come to him and see what he can do. And then go out and shine the light. Because people need to see the reality of Jesus through us and in us. That's my challenge. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for who you are. I thank you for the power of your word and the difference it makes in our lives. Lord, let us be people who shine you in all we do and say. Lord, let our lives reflect our trust in you, our confidence in you. And the fact that we know you understand exactly what we're going through. And you will always be there for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.